0: so it's kind of falling apart but it's okay Ugh. so this was the bookshop um, that I built during lockdown <laughs> in Lego form um, this is the house that went next door to it so I have not touched Lego since school days primary school days and it wasn't until late last year when I went to a school to do a school talk and at break time the teachers were like oh do you want to have a wander around the school and I said yes absolutely Windows falling out, um, and these two little kids were playing with Lego. One wasn't. One had his leg in a cast. And I said, oh, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I can't go out to play, so I picked a friend today to come and play Lego with me. And I said, oh, do you mind if I play with you? And he said no, and she said no. And I had the best 15 minutes of my entire life up until that point. I was like, why did I stop playing Lego? It was so much fun just to sit and create something with them. um, And you don't think about anything, you're just doing. And at the end of it, you, you have something that you've built. So in lockdown, I thought, what can I do that will completely take my mind off it and that I would enjoy? And so I ordered this really expensive Lego set, which is not great for a beginner. Um, So it took me like two weeks to complete, but I had so much fun. My name is Anjali Rauf. I am a children's author and the founder and CEO of two uh, non-profit organisations, one called Making Hurstry, which aids women and children fleeing domestic violence and trafficking, and O's Refugee Aid Team, which works to supply aid and goods to frontline refugee services in Calais and Dunkirk in France and beyond. My bubble in lockdown was my mum, um, who just turned 60 in January, and my brother, He and my mother literally were my worlds, and they are my worlds, they'll always be my worlds. My diary was my one tool of complete honesty. We have lost uh, 19 members of our immediate family in the last four months. And this isn't just in the UK, this is also in Italy and America. Um, I'm Asian, so we have you know, 50,000 relatives all across the world. Um, but it was just these relatives were very, uh, in particular, close to my mother. And it was really painful to see my mother having to accept this information. And it's not just myself, my, you know, to, to hear from friends that they're going through the same kind of things, especially um, from the South Asian and Somali communities it was really really painful and there's no way you can talk about this really so my diary was the go to place to go and grieve really Um, because we couldn't go to the funerals we couldn't go and hug our families we couldn't be together Um, and one of the things I've told everyone and especially my friends is when this, whatever this is, is over one of the first things we will have to do is make time to just sit and grieve with our families the remaining members of our families wherever they are So the 19 deaths in my family are all through COVID. Um, Most of them were frontliners, so they were doctors, um, nurses, they were taxi drivers, they were shop owners. um, And most of these people, most of my family um, who were working in those pools had to go into work no matter how bad the situation was or felt compelled to try and help. So throughout lockdown, um, I would... I to my diary to sit and pour out my thoughts and feelings and this is an entry from the 7th of April 2020 and the time is marked as just sunset. I have let go of the feeling of complete helplessness that has plagued me these past few weeks in particularly with regards to the refugee crisis. So many are dying around us, it is unfathomable and all we can hear here are sirens. In just 72 hours, poof, gone, taken to God. And no one can say their farewells but at the prayer mat. Yet somehow through it we go on. The birds go on. So, um, 2017, last major surgery when I was in lockdown individually um, was the time that I had the most creative period of my life and which led to the creation of my first children's book, the boy at the back of the class. So during that time, I literally, I couldn't watch television. I was in too much pain. I couldn't bear to get up I couldn't go anywhere so the only thing I could do was start to create stories in my head for myself and that led to the creation of the White Bethel class and started to think about more deeply about the refugees that I had seen in the camps um, and especially the children and putting them and their hearts into what I was writing so it really helped me cope with what was going on with myself um, and again in this lockdown I've had to write another book um and the night bus hero and that and ironically that centers on homelessness so it's like every chapter was um was felt like an irony because I'm, like, I'm trapped at home and it's not the space that i write and i like to be outside when i'm writing i like to see people when i'm writing um so to be outside not to be outside and to be trapped in the home and to write about homelessness was quite was quite an irony The ocean is really important to me. So the first thing I did when I occurred after lockdown was go to the sea. So the ocean means so much as it does for the refugees who have managed to survive it. And um, whenever I'm crossing the channel to get to the refugee camps, it just the vastness of it and the eternalness of it um, reminds me that actually I'm just, you know, we are so small in this wider world. So I love the sound of the ocean. being a muslim woman of faith and of color you feel as if you're having to fight just to get in the room and that's always been the case and it's always been a fight um whether that's with refugee works or whether that's with women's rights Um, and your presence is always questioned in a way as in i think we get treated like we're a little bit dumb because we believe in god (laughs) and i think that's like oh you're you're a little bit silly if you believe in god and then you're coming up with women's rights stuff you know i have faith but it doesn't mean that i'm i'm you know i'm of a misogynistic faith i'm not of a so it's kind of trying to Battle all of that as well. Faith is my my foundation. It's the ground I walk on. Um, I have questioned it, of course. I have. I've have questioned god i've questioned my faith um i'm muslim i wear a headscarf i'm very visibly a woman of faith um which doesn't make life easy especially with things that are going on in the world with regards to how muslims are seen and how they're viewed um, by not just people but also you know politics um so traveling as a muslim is never easy wanting to do things as a brown woman of faith or visible faith is never easy but I cannot live my life without it. And we have the word jihad in Islam and it's been politicized to mean all sorts of awful things. But jihad essentially means battling yourself. So battling those moments when you lose your faith, but battling those moments when you are at your lowest and you feel as if there's nothing there helping you. It's to climb back up again and to face yourself and your fears and to continue. That's what the true meaning of jihad is. Um, and that is a daily thing for everyone.